baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, Beamaz and Beamer here on WBEN, 9 o'clock on a beautiful Wednesday morning outside. Bright sunshine, looking great out there, Joe. It is a great summer day. I loved yesterday, but you know what? I'll take today. I'll take 70s. 70 sunshine. I mean, this is like... This is the perfect weather. This is summer. This, this is, is windows down in, in the summer. car. Yeah. Friday when it's a little near 90, you might have me going, ah, I don't know. I don't know about this. Uh, but yeah, today looking great outside, and it is a busy morning here on WBEN because of the big news yesterday from the primary. That is, uh, you know, it's uh, the primary elections are normally a sleepy affair. Yeah. And that's why no one shows up to vote, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think uh, some candidates may have taken it that approach and had a sleepy campaign. Uh, well, we have India Walton uh, defeating and right now leading, and it's a sizable lead considering the amount of uh, turnout there is and the amount of absentee ballots you would expect to see and how those would be expected to go. Over 1,500 votes uh, beating current Mayor Byron Brown in that Democratic primary for mayor of Buffalo, and we're bringing in the experts and the analysts here to talk about it with us, including uh, political strategist Joel Giambra, who's joining us now on the line. Joel, always great to talk with you. Uh, let's just first start with your reaction of what happened last night. Wow. Um, it's uh, interesting, uh, enlightening, and something that um, I think people need to start paying more attention to. Uh, the fact that the party bosses lost big time last night uh, is an indication to me uh, that voters are unhappy with their respective parties, be it Democrats or Republicans. There seems to be tremendous disenchantment with both major parties. And I think the door is open, quite frankly, for a third-party candidacy to start to emerge uh, in Buffalo and throughout New York State. You know, if you're a leader of one of these parties, uh, of, of either party, you see, as you said, the endorsed candidates fell and in some of these primaries uh, fell pretty considerably. Uh, what would you be thinking today, this morning, waking up, seeing almost none of your candidates winning in their primaries? Yeah, I would say it's time to reboot, huh? to restart and try to figure out, um, you know, how to deliver a message that's consistent uh, with the middle uh, with the voters who are in the middle. Um, you know, from my perspective, anyways, I think the Republican Party uh, is being, you know, pulling, uh, is being pulled to the right. The Democratic Party is being pulled to the left. And that leaves the middle wide open for its candidate, uh, who is a moderate candidate, somebody who is not a partisan politician. Uh, somebody like Ted Denoto, who's a, you know, Lieutenant in Amherst, who now is a candidate in the sheriff's race. And, the sheriff's race is going to be very interesting uh, as it uh, progresses. I'm wondering, to that point of, you know, that moderate candidate coming forward, 
Is that something that really plays in the primary? Because that you could say that uh, the current mayor, uh, Byron Brown, was sort of that moderate candidate. But in the primary, uh, does it still reign true that it's not a big turnout and it's mostly people at, at the far ends of the political spectrum who are turning out uh, in force to these primary elections? And that mix is what gives someone like an India Walton uh, the opportunity to unseat a 16-year mayor. Yeah, what's interesting here is that normally, traditionally, a low turnout should favor the organization-backed candidates, but that didn't happen here uh, yesterday. So it's apparent to me uh, that things are beginning to turn and that the voters are looking for people who are not attached to political parties uh, that are independent and that are uh, willing to try new ideas and do, you know, do things differently. Um, with the case with uh, Ms. Walton, Walton um, really uh, because the mayor chose a strategy of uh, what's being referred to as a Rose Garden strategy, nobody really had a chance to understand who she is and what she stands for. Um, you know, last night, I think we saw some of that, uh, you know, where, you know, uh, pronouncements were made that other elected officials should uh, start being concerned or coming after you. Um, that's not a way to build consensus in a community. Um, that's not the way to move the community forward. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how she conducts herself and handles herself. Uh, during this transition period. You know, on that going into the election, uh, as you mentioned, not a lot of people knowing much about India Walton. Uh, the one thing that you know is that she's somebody a little bit different. And it seems like, on the other hand, you had the mayor um, kind of running under the assumption that people don't want anything different. And that's why there wasn't too much campaigning going on. There wasn't a big push or anything to get people out to the polls to drum up that support for uh, another run for a fifth term. Is that kind of how you see what the two sides were looking at going into this? Well, it's apparent now, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but the mayor's strategy was, uh, was not effective. It was flawed um, by taking the approach of trying to locate it, uh, not create excitement, not to allow her to have any exposure um, obviously, it didn't work, right? Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how she puts together a team of people who are going to be able to manage the city of Buffalo because um, you know, being mayor is a pretty daunting responsibility, especially with a, in a city where you have major problems with infrastructure. You have a fiscal dilemma uh, that is going to you know, blow up in the next two years after the stimulus money uh, is spent. The city still is looking at an eighty-eight-zero-plus-million-dollar deficit, structural deficit. So, this is going to be difficult for an experienced person, let alone somebody who has no experience whatsoever. Looking uh, into November, do you think the Republicans uh, took a major misstep here by not running a candidate? Oh, absolutely. Um, the strategy of the Republican Party is used in Erie County is a flawed one. We've talked about that for years. Uh, by trying to keep the vote in the city down, keep the Democrats home, and try to win and squeak out victories wherever you can in the suburbs. Um, that's a flawed strategy. And it, it's time for the Republican Party to realize here in Erie County 
that, you know, we are not the Republican Party of Alabama or, or Georgia and that we have to, you know, increase voter participation. Uh, that's why I came out very strongly with this new proposal to open up the Republican primary for governor to non-affiliated voters to expand uh, the tent, if you will, to bring more people in uh, by allowing independent, non-affiliated voters to vote in the Republican primary next year will give the party a chance to find out who the strongest candidate is to face whether it's Andrew Cuomo or some other Democrat next year in November. How do you look at how that strategy has paid off? Because we've heard that that's uh, kind of been the complaint of Democrats in Erie County for a number of years that, well, because they're not running candidates in the city, that's how they uh, aim to, you know, lower the turnout in the city, boost their countywide um, officials for elected office. But still, you look at the countywide uh, elected officials for Republicans, you have the sheriff or comptroller. You're still not getting those major policy positions out of that strategy. No, it's, it's obviously, I, I, I believe it's not working, it's ineffective, and it has to be changed. Um, by, if, if the Republican Party would have fielded a candidate for mayor uh, this November, it would have been a very interesting race uh, you know, between uh, Ms. Walton, who is a devout socialist, or whatever that means, uh, and a Republican candidate. It would have been a very interesting race, but they, they missed the opportunity by uh, continuing to adhere to this flawed strategy of not paying attention to the city of Buffalo. The city of Buffalo is an integral part of this county, and it's time that we start bringing suburbs and urban, you know, suburban people and urban people together to figure out how to deal with these tremendous challenges that we have as a community going forward. Joel, looking uh, at Byron Brown and looking at the, the November election, does he have any chance to get on that ballot in a minor party, or is his only hope, if he chooses, a write-in campaign? The only opportunity right now is a write-in candidacy for somebody. Um, and it should be interesting to see if anybody steps forward and launches such an effort. It's going to be a tough effort, but you know the circumstances as they are it could become a very interesting November election if there's a, a writing candidate who has some name recognition, has the ability to raise a few dollars, and has the expertise and experience to you know, convince the voters that you know, it's going to take somebody with some knowledge and some expertise to deal with the fiscal challenges and the social challenges in Buffalo. To that, uh, you mentioned the word uh, socialism, and that's uh, the big headline nationally, right? You know, socialist wins uh, Buffalo mayoral primary. And in talking with her, uh, both what she said after she was asked, do you consider yourself a socialist? She said, absolutely. She explained to us a little bit earlier what she means by that. Uh, But does I guess what does that say about the political climate and how far um, we've kind of come around politically as I think really an entire country and uh, not just a region to have somebody who's won a primary be able to say, well, yes, I'm a socialist. Absolutely. When, I mean, can you imagine if somebody said that th- 30 years ago? I think, I think what that means is that both Demo- registered Democrats and registered Republicans uh, have had it 
with their respective parties, and people are looking for an alternative. And, and that's why I think next year um, in New York State, I think it's ripe for a third-party candidacy to emerge and to, uh, and to prevail in the governor's race next year. There's two ways of looking at this. There's kind of the headline way where this is, you know, wow, a socialist candidate wins the uh, mayoral primary, and it's going to be looked at as a, a greater acceptance of a lot of these so-called democratic socialist or progressive policies, depending on what sort of phrasing that you want to use on this, right? But can it really be looked at like that? With such a low turnout in the primary, I mean, can we make claims like these are the policies that people want going forward when you only have a little over 11,000 votes uh, voting for that candidate? It's very difficult because you're right. Only a small percentage of registered voters took the opportunity to exercise their right to vote. Um, And that's a problem. And, you know, it, when you think about the whole way that our government and political system is structured, it's really structured to favor the incumbent, except for last night. Um, so the one way to prevent this from happening in the future um, is the concept of opening up uh, primaries to all voters. Because in most races, um, in, in, especially in urban areas with uh, high Democratic enrollment, the primaries determine who the victor is in November. So the, 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 the mass voters don't really get a chance to say who they really prefer. So by opening up these primaries to allow voters from any party to vote in the primaries would give us a better uh, read as to what the majority of people are thinking and who they want to run their governments. You know, Joel, talking about a third-party option, you, you say in 2022 uh, for the governorship, uh, would, a third party should be explored. Uh, but the number one argument I always get uh, when, when that is said is, well, wouldn't that just take from, say it's a more conservative-leaning line, wouldn't that just take from the Republicans, split the pot, and the Democrats win again? What do you say to that argument? Well, I, I'm not sure I, I agree with the argument um, again. When you have so few people voting, normally it favors the incumbent. Um, again, as I said, that didn't happen yesterday in, in the three main races. But um, we we have to increase participation, and you know the, the partisan politics is something that I think has prevented government uh, governments from coming up with new ideas and innovative solutions to today's problems uh, by by sticking to you know the philosophy. Uh, the Democrats support Democratic initiatives, Republican, Republican initiatives, and nothing gets done. So um, I think people, voters, are looking for a change. And, and you know, I saw in these results today, I see that uh, being pervasive, that people are, are tired of both major parties. The, uh, I guess, re-emergence um, of Buffalo over the last 10 years or so Um, on a national scale, it can't really be ignored. You look at parts of downtown, you look at a lot of areas of the city compared to where they were a decade or two decades ago, it is quite astonishing. Um, You have a candidate here in India, Walton, who ran on, well, the neighborhoods are are being left behind uh, a little bit, right? 
no matter how many successes you have as a politician, uh, at some point, do you get a little stale in office? I, I mean, 16 years is a long time to be in one position, uh, especially an elected one. Uh, how much did that play a factor? Well, I think that was a major factor. You know, it's re- often referred to as shelf life. You know, uh, when you're there for too long, people just get tired. Um, and I think Byron ran into that yesterday, uh, the, the shelf life issue. I think it was a major issue uh, in the outcome of that election. All right, Joel, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And, uh, uh, offering your expertise on what happened yesterday. We'll talk again real soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. That is uh, political analyst Joel Giambra joining us on uh, a surprising, not just the Buffalo mayor, that is getting the national attention, uh, but also in the sheriff's race. Uh, both party endorsed candidates losing and losing pretty decisively. I, uh, I'm wondering if it says anything to that endorsement. Or if it doesn't, I, I think that's what we want to hear from a lot of people on this morning is uh, what does that endorsement mean, if anything, anymore? You know, all three major endorsed candidates uh, by both Democrats, of course, Democrats were talking two candidates, so that's going to be a bigger headline. But Republicans, too, and their endorsed candidate for sheriff on the losing end. And I'm, I'm wondering, do you draw conclusions off of that? Do you read anything into that? Does that mean that the endorsement doesn't matter as much as it used to? Or do you look at the turnout and say, well, so few people voted. What can we really learn from this? And, you know, all the results have to be uh, kept in that mindset of, well, it's only this amount of the electorate that went out and voted. And of course, you know, if you uh, had a larger group of people, maybe the party endorsement would have meant something. Uh, Should the party endorsement should have meant more people were headed to the polls? Uh, I think there's a lot of ways to look at what happened last night. I think when you have something like a party endorsement, uh, which I question, should there even be a a party endorsement in a primary? Um, But when you have a party endorsement, I think what we saw this year was the party endorsement wasn't driving people to the polls. It was people who aren't happy with the leadership in their party that were driven to the primaries. It was a small number, but I think people that were driven to the primaries were those enthused by voting against who their party endorsed. See, I I would think the, uh, I don't quite agree with that. I think it's more of a not mattering uh, too much, more than actively going out and saying, well, I want who the party isn't endorsing because I'm unhappy with the party. I think it's more just well, I, you know, that's nice, okay, endorsed candidate, but I really don't care. Um, and, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it. So who do you agree with, me or Joe? You can let us know, 803-0930 on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park tax board or by giving us a call. And I also want to throw this out there. Residents of Buffalo, registered Democrats of Buffalo, did you not go to the primaries this morning or last night and wake up this morning going, you know, I probably should have taken 10 minutes to go cast a vote? Just wondering where you stand this morning. Yeah, there's that. Uh, I do think that is something with a lot of people. I mean, you have Byron Brown, who's walked through primaries for the last eight years now. And you probably do have that feeling with a lot of voters of, well, you know, I don't need to show up and vote. I know who's going to win. And, you know, we'll see you whenever. And I, I think there is a lot of that feeling do you have that feeling anymore? Let us know. Lots to talk about here on BMAS and Beamer. 
Again, 803-0930 is the number uh, to weigh in on any one of those things. Uh, what happened last night on primary night here in Buffalo and throughout Erie County in western New York? And uh, add to that the town of Evans. Almost a three-way tie. You talk about votes not mattering. Two two candidates having the exact same amount of votes and one just two votes short wow. of the other. You're listening to BMAS and Beamer here on WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. It is Beamaz and Beamer on News Radio 930 WBEN. A lot of shock going on in the primaries last night, and that is what we are talking about. And asking the question does that party endorsement mean anything to you i say it the people it attracts to the primaries are those to vote against the party endorsement i um before we really get into that and i and you can let us know 803-0930 on our volkswagen of orchard park text board or by giving us a call um you know joe has said he thinks it's people kind of uh you know moving against the party and i i just think that the party endorsement doesn't matter like it maybe uh, might have before. I don't think it's that much of a factor that people are motivated against it. You can let us know what you think, or maybe you have a totally different opinion, 803-0930. Uh, but on the, um, you know, we've been saying it's stunning. I think it is that that is true, stunning. Shocking, I, I don't know. Shocking to me seems a bit much. I think it's definitely shocking to anyone who, was not really paying attention that much, right? To wake up this morning and see Byron Brown lost. I think the shock is, for a lot of people, going, there was an election? <laughs> right? I think so that's part of the shock part of it. And, you know, wow, he lost. He never loses, right? I, so that, I can understand shocking. But I don't know, Joe. I If you're paying attention and you're really kind of watching how this was unfolding and you're uh, kind of going throughout the city of Buffalo. I don't know how shocking it really should be if you're living in the city because this, this is what I've noticed over the past, you know, couple of months or so. Anytime I'm driving through neighborhoods in the city, I saw a lot of India Walton yard signs, right? And it's it's not always a, a fair and accurate right representation, the old, you know, drive through the yard sign pole right, uh, of how many people are sporting this yard sign as opposed to that one. Right. I mean, it's a very imperfect science, but it does give you a, a little bit of a, you know, in certain neighborhoods where people are leaning. And in a few different neighborhoods, I saw a lot of India Walton signs, a lot of support, and very few for Mayor Brown. Uh, and that's just, you know, so that was one thing. I was like, all right, she's got a good amount of support. And it's through a lot of neighborhoods in Buffalo because it wasn't just in one part of the city. But that was kind of true in a lot of parts of the city. 
that I would drive by. And I was like, all right, so pretty widespread support here. She continued to, you know, push the campaign effort, um, I think most notably when it came to debates. And that was the one part where she got, well, we're going to have a debate. I want to debate the mayor. You know, let's get active. Let's get people informed. I, I want to have this debate that the mayor stayed away from. He didn't want to get into a debate with India Walton. And I, I think that, you know, got a little bit of coverage and a little bit of traction. And I said, okay, so there is that going around. There's the fact that in primaries, you are generally kind of looking at when you're talking about Democratic primary, you're looking at the left side of the Democratic uh, Party who's yep. more likely to be enthused and go out and participate. When you're talking Republicans, it's maybe more on the right side of the party who's more enthused to go out and participate. And India Walton definitely is appealing to uh, the self-proclaimed Democratic Socialist to the side of the party that's more likely to get out there and be motivated to vote. And, you know, all these things are coming together and you didn't really see too much. I mean, you saw some events. You definitely saw the mayor use his position, use that incumbent's advantage over the past few weeks to you know drum up a little support. You know, there's no coincidence. Um, we announced the uh, repaving uh, parts of Niagara Street seven years ago, and magically it's done the day before the uh, you know primary. I mean, right. those things don't happen by coincidence, right? So there was a little bit of that, but aside from that. Not a ton of campaigning, nope. aside from a few ads that were on TV, maybe a few mailers by Mayor Brown. All of that put together, and I'm thinking, well, you know what? I I wouldn't be surprised. I think it is going to be a lot closer than people just assume because it is the mayor and what has happened in past primaries. So I, when I saw the result, I don't think stock, shocked was the right word. Stunned? You know, maybe a little bit, but I, I think this is maybe far from shocking. Well, and, and this is something I talked about yesterday, but you, you see uh, the last few days, India Walton was on every local pro, you know, news program. Uh, she was talked about on a regular basis. You look at social media uh, and, and you see Mayor Brown uh, toward the end of the campaign starting to make appearances. But, I mean, really not seeming like uh, he felt too challenged. And then, Joe, here's the kicker to exactly what you're saying. When we did see the mayor over the past couple of months, maybe, what, half the time, what was he asked about and what did he have to talk about? Those school zone speed uh, cameras yeah, yeah. that were uh, extremely unpopular. I, I, I've, There's not too many programs you could point to. Do you know when you go around and ask people, in the city or outside of the city, how unpopular that program was. And he stuck with, and I, you know, I will give, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the way that those cameras were implemented, but I'll give anyone credit to the point, and this is where it, it's, you know, it's funny. You can look at this one of two ways. India Walton on with us a little bit earlier this morning. You can listen to that in the podcast tab at WBEN.com. She said, you know, that shows the mayor's unwillingness to admit a mistake or to, you know, say he was wrong and to adapt and to listen to the community. And I think there is a point to that. I would also say the counterpoint to that would be I, it is admirable to see somebody who feels, for whatever reason, strong about one thing. And no matter how unpopular it got, and it got so unpopular, 
he stuck by that, and he yeah. did not um, at all kind of stray from that. But in the end of the day, he was defending a very unpopular program that's about to be wiped out in September because it was so unpopular. And that is the impression you got of the mayor heading into this primary where there's not a lot of people going to vote. I mean, it's only decided by 1,500 votes. You don't think you can find 1,500 people who don't like the school zone speed cameras? That absolutely played a role. I still think 1,500 people. I think the confidence of Byron Brown, the lack of campaigning, I bet a lot of people who support the the mayor, who, you know, wanted him to get another term, but were like, heh, you know what? I think I'll sit home today. Or, ah, I forgot the primary. It's 9.01. I think a lot of them probably were so non-enthused about it more because they didn't think it was a real challenge and they just assumed, and you know what happens when you assume, Brian, Mm -hmm. uh, they assumed that the mayor was going to go for another term like we've seen any other time he was challenged in a primary or in in an election, and it was that far-left part of the Democrat Party, just like you see in primaries with the far right. It was the far left end of the of the Democrat Party who's not happy with party leadership that was drive, driven to the polls. They got people out and got people to vote, and that was the enthusiastic uh, part of the primary, of the party. And no, it's not a majority, but it is the majority of people that showed up. Yeah, when you, you can drive community enthusiasm, you saw a lot of that on one side of this with India Walton's campaign. And you didn't see as much of that. You didn't see the the grassroots, the driving uh, community enthusiasm. There weren't a bunch of people walking around Buffalo, you know, over the past couple of months wearing a, you know, vote for Mayor Brown on you know June 22nd. And I saw a lot of that on, on the other side. So all these things you see, it's it's kind of like the uh, uh, Trump phenomenon of 2016. You know, at some point, when do you stop ignoring? the yard signs or, you know, how enthusiastic people are about a candidate and and start paying attention to some of this anecdotal stuff that can't really be quantified in uh, a lot of polling. And this is one thing where you don't have a lot of polling because not a lot of people show up, right? We're talking about 20,000 votes here, give or take, in that exact race that we're talking about. So, I don't know. There's a lot to that. And to the point we were asking about earlier, what do you think this is? with the endorsed candidates is this people rebelling against the party is this uh people on the democratic side saying hey we don't like your endorsed candidates we don't like your endorsed democrats we don't think the party is representing us anymore so we're going the opposite way or is it just a thing where the endorsement doesn't mean that much anymore where it's uh not really uh mattering one way or the other not that people are acting out against it but just that the endorsement doesn't carry the weight that it may be used to. Uh, where you think on that issue, 803-0930. And there's another big part to this, Joe, that is going to be, um, I think, talked about a lot over the next coming months. And that is the Republican, local Republican strategy throughout Erie County yes. to not run anybody. Um, that if you're a Republican in the city of Buffalo, you're not going out and voting at all because there's no one there running to vote for. Right. And the strategy... Uh, long uh, talked about by Democrats locally of not running people in the city so that you, if you're a voter in the city, overwhelming Democratic majority in the city of Buffalo, less likely to head to the polls when you think everything's in the bag. If you know the Democrat's going to be elected mayor because he's not running against anybody, 
there's less of an incentive for you to get to the poll to vote on some of those other countywide races. And that was the Republican strategy. Here, does it backfire? Did they actually have an opportunity now to run somebody who might have a chance to win, um, you know, for the first time a Republican winning this uh, seat in the city of Buffalo? And because of their own, you know, strategy, in yeah. quotes, they're eliminating that chance that they had. It, it, I think this would have been the perfect year. As Joel Jamber said, and I agree with him on this, a moderate Republican, uh, you know, someone that is re- literally in the middle, uh, that can relate to people on both sides of the aisle, uh, definitely would have run, I think, a strong general election campaign. But, Brian, uh, they thought, hey, let's sit this one out. Maybe we'll win the sheriff's election. Uh, talk about backfiring if in November we're talking about Sheriff Kim Beattie and Mayor India Walton. It's, it's very uh, interesting to watch that. And you heard our guest at the top of the hour, uh, Joel Giambra said it's been a, a bad strategy in his opinion for years, and now he's just the most maybe glaring example of that, where sure you might get some gains by winning uh, certain countywide elections, but in the grand scheme of things, when it comes down to it, you're taking yourself out completely from some of these big policy-making decisions, and you have no one to blame but yourself. Uh, Alan in Tonawanda, you're on WBEN, and we're curious to ask you the question, do you think this is people of what we saw in both sides, the Republicans and Democrats voting against their party, or do you think that the party endorsement simply doesn't really matter? Uh, the, the thing, well, my comment, I guess, is that uh, in the city of Buffalo, I think it's uh, this is a death knell for the city of Buffalo, quite frankly, because uh, what you have here is uh, a town where there's murders every other weekend. Now you're going to have a communist state in the middle of Erie County. I think you're going to have a lot of people moving out of the city into the suburbs. They yeah. don't want to deal with a, a situation like this. And, Certainly, this lady has no no concept of running any kind of government, in my opinion, the little bit that I've heard from her. Well, Alan, uh, appreciate the call. But, I, you know, I, I, what leads people to believe that in the first place? I, I am still of the mind, and any elected official is just one piece. Obviously, some have... Uh, much more influence than others. Right. Uh, your mayor is going to have much more influence than a single city council person. Uh, a county executive is having much more influence than one or two legislators, so on and so forth. But at the same time, one person, because this is still America, and there is still a, a whole governmental system that's built up, one person does not shift an entire town, city, County, state, well, unless um, the entire state legislature gives one now that, person the power to do that so. That is a problem, yes. That's a different scenario all the time. But generally speaking, in uh, uh, what is supposed to happen here, one person does not flip an entire city or right. whatever you name it. So I, we're getting so many comments out there. And I, it's the buzzword of socialist that, of course, is it sets people out. It's why I think it's... Terrible, quite frankly, for anyone to use that word because you're, boom, immediately before anyone knows anything about you, what you mean by saying that, what you think you mean by saying that, 
every single person has an opinion on you one way or the other without listening to anything that comes out of your mouth. And that's exactly what's happening this morning, right? So I, I think it's a bad brand to cap on no matter what you mean by that word. But even if you meant Stalin socialist, one person will not make or break any sort of, uh, whether it's a city, town, county, anything like that. Government still has to work as the community. As a body. As an entire body, as the lawmakers who work for it. There's still all of this that, that has to run. Well, I will, say, I will say this. Do I have my concerns when I hear someone label themselves as a socialist? Yes. Do I have my concerns with uh, her stance when it comes to the police? Of course, I have my concerns. But as Brian mentioned, you have a Buffalo council, right? They are still there. They still There is still checks and balances. Uh, so I do agree with what Brian said. By the way, you want to hear what she means when she says Democrat socialist? Well, she said that on Hardline. You can find that audio on demand at WBEN.com. Oh, yeah. And it, well, that's, it, it is funny. I, the, I think those words are catching a lot of people off guard because they haven't listened to her or any of the candidates before. Right. And then you're waking up. It's one of the things that we talked about with Dave Leventhal this morning. You know, uh, you're waking up the day after the election and then you're researching what the policy, uh, you know, uh, uh, figures are of each individual candidate. That's not the time to do it. Right. I mean, the time to do it is before and then you go on and vote depending on what you think of those policies, not the day after. And you say, oh, well, wow. Well, <laughs> and maybe and maybe this does open people's eyes. One, the Republican Party to actually run candidates in elections. That would be nice. Number two, to vote in the primaries. And we say this every primary season that there is a shock. Remember a few years ago, there was this um, woman running for Congress in New York. Her name was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And no one thought she'd win the primary. Well, she did, and now she's in Congress. And everyone said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna start driving to the primaries." They never do. It's all talk. And the next year, no one's in the primary. So, you know, a lot of the blame. If you're looking at this this morning, and you're a registered Democrat in the city of Buffalo, and you're going, "How did how did Byron Brown lose?" But you didn't drive to the poll and vote. I mean, it is on people showing up. And Brian, part of that is also on the candidate getting people to show up, which. By the way, India Walton did a fabulous job of getting her supporters to the polls. Yeah, and I think that's the moral of the story right there, right? Don't take any election for granted. Right. Um, don't, you know, uh, get rid of the things that brought you here, which is getting people uh, energized, getting people moving. And it's something that's been repeated by a lot of our everyone from Bernie Tolbert, who joined us earlier, Joel Giambra. Um, we heard from Dave Leventhal. It is, it's called a shelf life. It's uh, referred to that for a reason, because no matter how many good things you can point to, right, one person's never going to please anybody. And soon enough, you know, the people who aren't seeing those good things in their day-to-day -day life, and there's, there's going to be plenty of them, are going to say, hey, wait a second, you know, what is this person done for me lately? And that's exactly what India Walton capitalized right. on over yep. the last couple of months, is the areas of Buffalo that have not seen the big renaissance over the last 15 years that we've seen in parts of downtown, that we've seen by parts of the waterfront. And if you say, well, oh, has it really been a renaissance? Look at a picture of the waterfront <laughs> or downtown, or think of just going to some of these areas 15 years ago, as opposed to right now. Right. It is a completely different picture. But Buffalo's a big city. 
And it's not, you know, three different neighborhoods. It's a lot of different neighborhoods. So there's going to be a lot of people who say, wait wait a second, I'm not reaping the direct benefit of this happening or that happening. And it's what India Walton uh, said with us this morning is the mayor is like to say, said uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. And she's saying, well, some people don't have a boat. Right. Right. And some people, uh, that's the way they're looking at the city of Buffalo. And she was able to grab all those people, you know, probably much like the mayor did 16 years ago and say, you know, we need a new way forward to help you and help you and help you. And hopefully, and that's one of the things we asked her this morning, hopefully you can do that in lockstep with the other good things that have been going on and not dismiss that and halt that growth in you know favor of another form of growth of this the idea is to get everything going together and that's the direction that everyone's hoping to see in the future and we'll see what happens and the problem with the talking about this right now is i you you don't know what exactly is going to happen and this goes whether you describe yourself as a socialist whether you describe yourself as whatever the day after the election and during the campaign is not exactly the time where you're going to get a great picture no. of what uh, whoever was just elected is going to mean for your town, your village, your country, your city, your uh, county, whatever it is. We'll see that happening, I think, piece by piece over the next six months when we start to see who else is brought in. You know, what are we talking about now after the election? Uh, Where are the areas that are going to uh, see much-needed attention when this shift happens? And that we don't know right now. I mean, we really you can listen to words that were spoken after an election win all you want. But we do not know all of this right now. We are going to find out, and that's how everyone's going to be judged, is how well you do while you're at the job. But, uh, you know, to go out on a limb and say, Buffalo is ruined, or this is exactly what's going to save my part of the city right now. I, uh, You know me, Joe. I'm the type of person who never kind of jumps out on that limb, uh, regardless, right after election day. It'll be very interesting, and obviously we'll be following this story all day here on WBEN. Brian and I will be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Have a great day, everyone. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 